Hey, hey, test one, two, test one, two, as I like to do when we do these live shows, because you never know what's happening in the background. But uh, hey, uh, welcome to another edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford and AD Drew here. And uh, Happy New Year, Drew. Happy New Year. I saw you last year. So it's good to see you this year, 2022. Yeah, it's been been since 2021 since we talked, my brother. It's been a whole year, a whole year. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> a few days <laughs> exactly. definitely man uh so look hey uh we uh starting off the new year and you know we have spent so much time focused in talking about football that it just is sort of fitting that uh, we get a chance to kind of talk about some basketball and so that's what this show will primarily be dedicated to as we get ready to start off conference play across the, well, uh, I would say in the Division One level, conference plays are pretty much beginning. Uh, it's sort of already started on the Division Two and NAIA level, but uh, a lot of folks, again, your attention has been on football. And, and you know, I, part part of that, Drew, is on us, you know, uh, us being media. We, we put so much into covering football that uh, we we lose track a little bit of, of basketball. And, and you and I as basketball guys, how do you feel about that? Well, us, I'm going to take it back to the media point. Us being media, we have to get the people what they want. You want us to talk about football? We will talk about football. If you want us to talk about marbles, we will educate ourselves and talk about marbles, HBCU marbles. <laughs> HBCU marbles. Is that that sounds that sounds far? That's like esports. Is that like after esports? Then we got HBCU marbles. Is that what's next? You know, no yeah. one's talking about. <laughs> so, but I guarantee you, you just gave somebody an idea for a HBCU uh, esports podcast, Brian. There's just there's room for it. I, look, I, I I'm not gonna lie to you. If I was an esports player, I would. There's probably a market. For it, so uh, if you have a uh, esports idea, hell, we we would love to put it on the network. I, I'm not gonna lie, you know, I know our producer probably sitting back saying, "I got an idea. I wanted to do that. I knew we were gonna do that anyway." And so, anyway, but and he probably like, like another damn show. I got to find a producer for exactly, exactly. So uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, so hey, thank you for watching. And uh, being a part of everything we did in 2021, 
Uh, just want to encourage you, if you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and make sure to hit that like button. Uh, go ahead and hit that. Uh, <laughs> great first question, Real Talk. Thanks. Uh, basketball theme show here. Um, if you're on Facebook, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. Let us know you're out there. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and uh, like. And uh, hey, uh, in all the formats, make sure you're sharing. Please, we appreciate it. And go follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at MyBCSN1. We'd really love it if you would go download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app as well, which you can find on the Google and Apple Play Store. MyJBN, MyBCSN is where you can download that. Uh, so, hey, to Mary 305, Real Talk. Real Talk Real Talk wants to get into the real stuff happening in the in the Man, in the man has, has that man lost more money than you can think about it? I mean, we've talked about it before the show. He, he already gave away a million dollars that he had petition to earn this year. Go back to the Oakland. 9,999 problems. That's what that man just has right there. Right. Yeah. Uh, he lost he lost money when he was in Pittsburgh. He lost money with Oakland. He lost money with New England. <sighs> hey, everybody, mental health is a is a for real issue. It's obvious that uh Antonio Brown has some some challenges maintaining his cool and making uh uh decisions that people in society expect you to make. So uh, let's just pray for this brother, man. All right. We can pray for him, but I'm just not ready to put everything on to mental health. You know, that that's like, you know, that's like saying your diabetes is because of sugar. No, damn it. That might be your DNA. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I, and I'm not a doctor, so let me get out of this conversation because there, there are doctors and people more qualified that I'm sure will chime doctors. in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in it. I'm not that guy. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Everything ain't mental health. Sometimes you know. Can we? Can we have one? one before we get into basketball, can we have one other uh, non-HBCU debate, Brian? Oh, sure, sure. And and this comes on the heels of a uh, John Batten passing. And I mentioned it last week. What do you think had the most uh, impact on pop culture and society? Madden football, the video game, or or the Jordan sneaker brand that has spawned from sneakers into clothes into other uh, things. Ooh, uh, ooh, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. Um, I I would I, I would tend to think Madden, and I say that because Madden is more affordable. As crazy as it sounds, it's more affordable to get a $59.99 game. Yes, I know the gaming system may cost $100 or $200, but that lasts Wait, a lot. Where do you find a gaming system at for $200? Uh, well, I'm, I'm just saying, when it did used to cost $100, $200 back in the early yeah, they're days. They're about $500 now. Well, but that's how you got – well, yes. If you first got hooked on gaming systems – yes, they, there may be a couple hundred bucks, and the games cost you about 45 to 55 bucks. Still a lot cheaper than those Air Jordans, which, by the way, you know, I, I look at my own self. I have way more Madden games than I do Air Jordans. Now, that's just my budget. I don't know how everybody else spends their money, but if I'm just basing it off me, I'm 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 willing to bet that uh, – put it like this. I think there are guys who are coaching in the NFL. Clearly, 
with with a background in Madden skills more so than there are guys playing in the NBA because of the sneakers that they bought. How about that? That's an interesting take. <laughs> you know, uh, it's not mine. I, I did take off. I did on my. I did own my first Madden game before I ever owned my first pair of Jordans. I will say Me that. Me too. Me too. That's yes. what, that. That's where I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. Yeah. You know, uh, back 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 in Tallahassee, uh, having we would have Madden tournaments and stuff like that, and you know, it's just amazing. But who didn't play Madden as, for money? Who didn't play Madden for money in college? Get out of here! Everybody played five dollar <laughs> games. Hey, I'm gonna tell you what. I got a roommate. I had a roommate who was so upset that I beat him in man that he literally broke his game. He literally broke. I was whooping his tail up. And he broke. He, it was his game. He broke it and was just like, I'm done. I don't ever want to play this game again. And I don't want you to ever play it again. So he just broke the damn thing. I stopped. I really hadn't played Madden since that day. I knew I broke him and that was it. I don't think, I think our relationship changed. <laughs> I think our relationship changed. I, I, I go back to thinking about things. I think our relationship changed after that day. Oh, my game, man. Hey, we used to play some intense games, dude. And there wasn't a lot of language. It was just intense. Like late nights. Like, it was intense, man. It was – we were two competitive people. But anyway, uh, <laughs> let's move forward. As we talked about, college basketball is on our mind. Men and women's college basketball coming out of the uh, the fall sports. It's the first big winter sport uh, to kind of transition. And already, Drew, one of the big stories that is happening – in college basketball is the effect of the COVID variants. You know, I feel like this is like an Eternals movie. It's like a, it's like a MCU movie. The, the, the variants are back. You know, I don't know if it's Delta. I don't know if it's Omicron, Epsilon, Zeta. I don't know which, I don't know which version we're on, but they're all causing havoc uh, across the college basketball landscape. Brian, between the divine nine and the COVID nineteen, we're gonna learn the Greek alphabet before too long. Yeah, sadly, they might have to do what the weather system does and start naming these things uh, alphabetically. Which, by the way, and, and, and recycle stuff. <laughs> which, by the way, this past weather system. This is this is a random, useless fact as a sidebar here. The weather system, the national weather system, or whatever they're called, uh, the tornado season ended, it just ended recently, right? And I heard that we went through the most names or the most named weather systems this past year. So, just a, a very random, random thing. I, you know, I think we went all the way into the W's. So, you know, just just random. I just thought I'd throw that out there while we were kind of talking about useless information here, but back to the topic that we were on, which had to do with the variants, the policies that have already started coming out. Well, what we saw over the break, Drew, the last two weeks, you know, a lot of teams are playing or do normally play games um, the week heading into Christmas and the week after Christmas. A lot of those games got canceled. Um, for the In the MEAC, for example, I was just kind of jotting down a list of games in the MEAC, there were at least about 20 games involving MEAC schools, um, which date back to December 19th, bless you, which date back to December 19th, 
rolling all the way into uh, what would have been today. I mean, there would have been a game today between South Carolina State men and Greensboro that got canceled. But, you know, there are schools that have lost anywhere from two to four games off their schedule at the end of 2021. Uh, Same happens in the same happened in the SWAC. Uh, quite a few games that were canceled in the SWAC, and um, it, on the it lower makes levels, we've had it ha- happen also. We've had it happen yeah. on the SIAC, CIAA, and in the uh, NAIA level. Right, and, and it's all right before conference play starts or restarts. You know, again, a lot of the conferences, especially in the SWAC and MEAC, are starting up this upcoming week. Uh, the SIAC and CIAA may have already played a game or two of conferences, but I know, you know, they're, they're going into conference games. The NAIA has already played a few conference games amongst each other already. But um, that, that is one of the, the major, and it just makes me wonder now what's going to happen. And let's sort of transition from that into some of these policies, which have recently uh, come out. Um, because the the SI the, well the SWAC in particular came out with new protocols. Now this came out back on December thirtieth. Uh, updated COVID nineteen operational protocols for both men and women. Now I I read this and I felt this was a bit harsh, but you, you tell me what you hear here, Drew. Um, so the rules basically said if an institution has a minimum of seven available student athletes and one countable coach, it must participate in the scheduled contest. Again, that's any seven student athletes and one coach, even if that's the third assistant. They must participate in the contest. If an institution does not have the requisite number of participants, it may still elect at its own discretion to play the contest. Interesting. If a team is unable to compete due to COVID-19 related issues, the game will be counted as a forfeit for the purpose of conference standings, resulting in a loss for the team that caused a cancellation and a win for opposing team. If two teams are unable due to COVID issues, both teams shall be deemed to have forfeited and each team will be charged with a loss. Institutions at their discretion can work with each other and the conference office to reschedule the conference contest. As per NCAA policy, the COVID-19 related forfeit will not charge a team's official one loss record, nor will it impact stats or coaching records. It will only count for the purpose of the conference standings. What do you, what are your thoughts when you hear that? It sounds a little harsh and, I, and I'll explain why. What are your thoughts when you initially heard the uh, announcement by the SWAC, Drew? Well, you know, they, they did have that uh, catch-all in there. Say if they get with the conference office, then basically some other things could be worked out. Uh, but if – Go ahead. Go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish say? your point. I'm sorry. Uh, what I was going to say is if one team is available and has players, the other team, you know, and the other team is the one half COVID, yeah, I think that is – Valid that the other team should have to forfeit forfeit that game. If you take care of business, then you should be rewarded with the victory. We shouldn't have the 
uh, musical schedule like we had last year in basketball where you were trying to make up games and possibly games could be made up, games couldn't be made up, but this will be closer to a full conference schedule where you may have one team with uh, get all 18 conference games in and you may have one team because of COVID only get 12 conference games in and then one team is 12 and 11 and one and the other team is 17 and two. So, you know, the only way to balance it out is to go by conference winning percentage. So it may not be fair. It may be harsh, but you've got to put something on paper so that you're not making it up on the fly and seems like you're being fair or favoring a particular team. Now, they do have that wiggle room where they, like I said, they can get with the conference and reschedule reschedule the game. But if both teams are out of mutual agreement, so you know, hopefully, well, coaches add, will play with each other and reschedule those games. Here's what I find interesting, though. I mean, there's nothing listed about what I don't know what the testing policy is. See, I, I know. You know, uh, I don't I haven't read anything, and it may be out there. I just haven't read it. I don't know what everyone's testing policy is, but it, w- would a school be wrong for treating this like the flu? And I mean in the in the sense that if you tell your players, "Hey, we're not testing every day. We're testing maybe beginning of the week, end of the week," but if you have a sniffle or a cough or a sore throat stay home and just exclude that player from play. Are they being unsafe? I, I almost, when I read these, I almost don't test meaning, you know, unless there is a reason to test, you're going well, to have asymptomatic players. Probably. Yeah. Well, this, I don't know. This, this, it makes the test. Well, here's the problem. As a college athlete, you cannot go to, Walgreens, Walmart, CVS to pick up medication if you have a sniffle or anything else. You have to go to the trainer. The reason you have to go to the trainer is because certain over-the-counter medications have banned substances in, in them and you cannot uh, you cannot afford to uh, get a positive test because if so, now you're talking about eligibility issues. So they're automatically forced to go to the trainer. Because they're forced to go to the trainer, then the trainer has to report certain things and has to do certain steps because of their because of their licensing thing. So they are they're covered. If they may not test the whole team, but if a, if an athlete goes into that trainer's room, they are going to be required. They're going to test them if they complain of the symptoms or are showing the symptoms. That's just part of their. Okay. Uh, certification. So good I point, hope I answered your question right there. No, that, that, that's a good point because that's something I hadn't factored in or didn't know. Uh, and, and so with that understanding, then I wonder, my next thought is I wonder if schools have different policies, obviously the CDC has changed their recommendations as it relates to quarantining, um, getting the, I mean, we've seen in professional sports, heck, heck my favorite team, had a, had a quarterback that tested positive on s- Monday and he was able to play on Saturday because the new guidelines in the league NFL made new guidelines, have universities and athletic departments made new guidelines in regarding quarantining because they, uh, the CDC has made recommendations. That's something that I think 
will be interesting to see. Um, or do they stick with some of their old policies from last year, which a team would miss a whole week, you know, because of a symptom or something of that nature, you know? Um, well, here's the problem. Here's the problem, Brian. You talk about those new CDC guidelines. When did these guidelines come out, Brian? Oh, uh, what, a week ago, this past week? Oh, it's too- exactly. And, and where are most of the decision makers at most of these universities at right now? Uh, what, come on, they've been on break? They've been on break? So we don't know what the new policies are, Brian, because most of your decision makers are not on their respective campuses. So you probably won't know anything policy-wise until the, to the end of this upcoming week. So they haven't had time to get together, talk with the university doctors, talk with the talk with legal uh, training staff, outside outside professionals, consultants, and things like that to even see if they need to adjust their policy. And if so, how do they make that adjustment? So, yeah, there probably will be some changes in the policies. And then, what is the local policy in comparison to? Uh, some of the other schools, because the policy at a Mississippi Valley may be drastically different than the policy at a Texas Southern, just because of local ordinances. So those are the type of things that you have to factor into all of that, Brian. Uh, You mentioned to me that the we were talking about which conferences have policies. We noted that the SIEC has a very similar policy that just came out in regard to cancellation, which almost mirrors what the SWAC did. We have not seen anything. We couldn't find anything uh, on the CIAA or MEAC website as of our broadcast tonight. Uh, didn't see anything. on any, I, I was checking a few other conferences. I didn't see anything. I did find something from the Big South Conference, which the Big South, you have North Carolina A&T and Hampton. Theirs was a little different than the SWAC in that their first you notice the the first thing that the SWAC talked about was the fact that they had, you know, set if you had a certain number of players and coaches, you had to play the game, and that if you don't have it, it's a forfeit, right? That seemed to be the strong emphasis. Whereas the Big South, their their instant uh one of their policies initially they talk about if you have a COVID related issue, the schools have seventy two hours to reschedule. Okay, Um, if they can't reschedule, it turns into a no contest. Okay, now there is a caveat in which the commissioner can call for a forfeit of the game if it is determined that one team didn't make every effort to reschedule. I found that pretty interesting from the Big South, a big difference there in the fact that one the fact that they 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 seem to put an emphasis on trying to reschedule and they don't really penalize anybody they're not if if we try to reschedule if we both make every honest effort to reschedule and it just doesn't happen you know then it's ruled a no contest there's no forfeit there's no loss so it, it just becomes a no contest i thought that was pretty interesting which is why i which is why i kind of felt the swat policy was a little strong but you know it, it is what it is i mean that's their policy and basically i guess what they're they're seeing they're sending a strong statement to their schools and saying that 
you know, maybe – and I heard this from Charles Edmond uh, on Carlos Brown's show uh, yesterday. Uh, the, the wiggle, there's very little wiggle room for rescheduling games because the SWAC runs a Sunday, Monday. Saturday, Monday. Monday. They run Saturday, Saturday, Monday. Monday. And there are, there are multiple times where you will see a Thursday game sprinkled in there. Right. And, and so given and, the distances uh, from the schools, it may be hard or very challenging to reschedule, you know. So, yeah. you know, for the for the Mississippi and Alabama schools, they may be, possibly be able to get a reschedule because those are within drivable, busable distances. You know, uh, Jackson, Alabama State. You can reschedule that game. That's a very uh, drivable uh, distance, Th- three three plus hours right there. Uh, of course, Alabama State, Alabama A and M, Mississippi Valley, uh, even even Alcorn. But once you get outside of that, those schools can work things out. Those five schools right there. If you if you're a Texas school playing one of these Florida schools, or if you anybody outside of Alabama State playing one of these two Florida schools, it's going to be tough because you just can't hop on the bus and go down to to Tallahassee. Uh, it, you know, you can't hop on the bus if you're in Tallahassee and just go to Houston to play Texas Southern or Prairie View uh, just on, on whim. If you don't catch up on that road swing or if they're coming your way, I don't know how the schedule goes this year, that's going to be tough to reschedule, you know, because they probably already have flights and everything else uh, plan for some, for some of those trips. You know, if you got to go to uh, Pine Bluff, that's not enough. That's another trip that's not easy to make for a lot of teams within the swag. So I understand it. It makes sense. And let's think about this, Brian. What happens when you get out there on the road and, you know, most of your, most of your road games are played in, in twos. You got a travel partner. What happens if it's game one of your road swing that gets canceled because of COVID, but you're already on the road when you find out that it's canceled. Well, how about, how about I mean, this? Just, just, just think about that from a legit, from a logistical point, a logistical nightmare. If it's game two, it's easy. You just go ahead to the house. But if it's game one and you're already on the road, you know, you've got the you know, now you've got to sit up in a in a uh, in a hotel for a couple of days. You can't go to that campus to practice, even though know, the game is canceled because you may not be able to get to the gym because of COVID issues or whatever. So now you got to see if you can find a local high school to go practice in, and et cetera, et cetera. It becomes a logistical challenge. And uh, having been on the road as a coach, and having had to deal with some of these logistical challenges. It, it, it becomes tough. You you hope that you got a, a old buddy coaching somewhere at a high school or something like that that you just call up and hey, I need I need to get in your gym uh, at some point in time. But you can't get in the gym during the day because they got regular school going on. Well, let me give you. Well, already uh, Prairie View A and M is already facing that type of challenge. Uh, not not quite fully to the scenario you you uh, put out there, but the uh, first game of the season from the SWAC uh, has already been uh, canceled due to COVID-19 protocols. And that was the game that was scheduled for Monday between Prairie View at Grambling. That was scheduled to begin. That was a game scheduled for Monday. And that game has been canceled 
due to COVID-19 protocols with the Prairie View A&M program. Okay, now that's a team that Prairie View is 0-10. Surprisingly, you know, that, that's a team that many people had favored uh, along with Texas Southern to to win the SWAC. And they're, they're off to an 0-10 start. And they've already had some games canceled. And now here, uh, they're facing their own cancellation of their season opener at Grambling due to COVID-19 protocols. Um, the game scheduled between Alcorn State and Jackson State that was scheduled to play on Monday. That game has been rescheduled to Wednesday. But that's uh, an easy game to reschedule. Right, because both of those teams didn't have a game Wednesday. But Preview is scheduled to travel to Southern on Wednesday, January 5th at 7.30. Uh, Grambling is scheduled to host Texas Southern. So, again, for Grambling, they lose a home game. But for Preview, you know, what happens to that Wednesday game at Southern? You know, will they have enough players to travel to Southern uh, for that contest? You know, um, so that's a – that's a scenario affecting the, uh, the the men. Now, on the women's side, they are also dealing with issues. Okay, again, uh, different teams in the, in the women's uh, swag. Alabama State and Mississippi Valley State's game that was scheduled for Monday has been canceled due to COVID nineteen protocols with the Mississippi Valley State program. Okay, and um, so th- once again. That affects Mississippi Valley State. Uh, I was just looking up to try to see if that was a home game or not uh, for who who was at home there. Uh, But also the Alcorn-Jackson State game, again, because they're doing doubleheaders, that game that was scheduled for Monday was moved to Wednesday. And so uh, I want to take a quick peek here at the the women's schedule to kind of see. um, Yes, that was a Mississippi Valley State home game. That was going to be tomorrow afternoon, a 2 o'clock game. So Alabama State, instead of traveling to Mississippi Valley State, Alabama State will, you know, they'll head off to Arkansas Pine Bluff, um, you know, and and that's the women's matchup. I'm sure the men's game, I think the men's game is still – scheduled to play yeah at four o'clock so right now see, that's, no that's another fact that's a whole nother factor there brian mm-hmm. that you have to that you have to factor into it you know if, if you've got men versus women and one one is playing and one is not playing once again becomes a logistical nightmare in order to uh put that out which may be why because they do play a lot of double headers in the uh swack where every conference game is a double header in the swack why to just kill it, uh, forfeit it, and just move on? I I I understand why Doctor McClellan has uh, I put that out. and Brian. Who are we to question Doctor McClellan with everything that he's gotten right the, uh, over the last uh, three years? Who are we to even question him in his office putting out a statement like that? I, I, well, hold on now. I, look, I, I can question all day. I mean, now, you know, who am I to? Who am I? I don't make policy. I'm, I'm more. I can question it. I mean, I, I'm not above questioning. I'm not. But questioning. but but he. I'm 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 saying, he showed more of a tendency to get things right than to get things wrong over the last three years. You know, I, I don't. I'm not looking at it as a right or wrong issue, Drew. I'm not. I, I'm looking at it as 
I guess for me, where I'm looking at, I, I'm trying to put myself in the position of if I'm a coach, uh, and and, and I want to be look. We understand the pressure that coaches are under to win ball games, and especially when you're in the swack and you've been beaten up in the preseason or the non-conference schedule. You brought in all this money that your athletic director wanted you to bring in by going playing, you know, all these other schools, and now oh, another conversation. You know, yeah, well, but but it but it's part of the bigger picture in that I'm just I just I just gave you the comparison between what one conference is doing and versus the SWAC is doing. Right now, we can talk about the travel distances of one versus the other, okay? Um, but you know, there there is a there's such a there's such a national divide. I think more of a national divide now than there was a year ago. See, because I think a year ago, we, 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 we didn't have as much as we had in terms of vaccines. We knew less. We still don't know a lot. Let's, let's keep it real. We still don't know a lot, but we knew a lot less a year ago than we do now. Would you agree with me on that? I, def- and I definitely so, agree. But the more so we know, I, the more but, we don't know. Yeah, right. And so when I what I'm going for, when I question it, I look at what I see happening in other leagues. I look at what I see when I see the NBA, a league that was supposed to be 90 percent vaccinated. They are still having players that are doing what? Turning up positive. And the commissioner of the NBA is saying what? We have to be able to play move on. forward with this. We have to learn how to play on because this isn't going away, which is something that I've been saying for a while. This ain't going away. So, you know, um, I, I'm just saying, you know, if if how how this what the question is that nobody ever asks, I feel like no one ever asks, or maybe nobody ever reports, is on a school by school basis. What are these policies, Mrs. Uh, Mississippi Valley State? Prairie View A and M, you turned up on COVID protocols. What was the COVID protocols? Did one or two guys test positive for COVID, or are we talking one guy who was at a, a holiday party and somebody at the holiday party turned up positive, and because of contact tracing, everybody's out? Are we? Are we? Is that what we're talking about? What, what are we I, talking I, about? I don't think. I don't. I don't think we're doing the contact tracing anymore, and and, and that's. A, that's an important thing that you brought up there, Brian, is that uh, we got we got kids who were able to go home for the for the holiday for the break. Mm-hmm. Kids come yep. back to campus. Uh, you're not in that controlled environment. You're not in that structured environment. And let's be real: you get around family, you get around friends, you haven't seen them in a while. You've been off to school. You've been you know you've been quarantined, isolated at school. And, you know, things happen. You're you're in those rooms. You're in those closed environments. And it's not surprising that kids came back to campus positive. We saw it last year at this time, Brian, when kids came back to campus positive. One of the reasons that they don't have, may not have those seven players that they need is because the general body of students not on campus those people who've walked on or who've been practice-only players, those aren't the ones you're bringing back December 20, 27, 28th. Why aren't you bringing them back? You got to you gotta have those kids somewhere to sleep. You got to feed those kids. So 
most budgets just allow for you to bring back whoever you got on that roster back to campus early. So, you know, you'll have more available players once school gets back in because you'll have those walk-ons. You'll have those practice players that you can call up. They've been cleared by the NCAA. You just don't have them as active players right now. So you, you'll be able to see what we – you can have that seven – uh, players or eight or nine players. And notice it didn't say seven scholarship players, Brian. It just said seven available That's bodies. A point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Very good point about that. Yeah. You know, you you can have five five walk-ons, a manager, and <laughs> you know, whatever you want to have out there. As long as you have seven available certified players. Better be clear by the uh NCAA. That's why you have a roster of 15 guys that that just in for these emergency situations, you know, Brian, the, the I'm, I'm going to tell you a secret. When I when I was at Tuskegee, we can, we had one year we had 22 on our roster. 22, you know, we traveled with 14. But we had 22 back between between red between people who we were red shirting. Uh, people who were walk-on candidates and a uh, couple of people who were medical red shirts, but we had 22 players on our roster that year, and we, we the bus was always full. You didn't have to worry about it. Oh, you didn't have the bad practice? Come on, uh, you, you you getting on the bus today? You stay home and, and work on your jump shot. I'm sorry. Wow. The, the, hey, look, a lot, a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot in that story that you just told right there. A lot of truth. <laughs> a lot of truth right there. A lot of truth. Hey, uh, Drew, let's take our first time out and come back and uh, let's kind of let people know what's happening in the MEAC SWAC, the uh, OVC, and the Big South as it relates to Division One men and women's teams uh, coming up this upcoming week and where teams have been this non-conference and uh, just to catch people up. So uh, come back right after this break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. 
Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Welcome back to the BCS in Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, Drew, uh, many of people like myself are involved in, ah, oh, that's not my guy, are involved in fantasy football championships today. Uh, how many championships are you involved in, my brother? None of the above. I uh, did not make the championship. Uh, you and I are in one league together. You're in the championship game of that league. I am playing for fifth place. I'm in the consolation. I'm in the consolation of the consolation game. I am. Uh, I am in two championships. Actually, three. Three championships. Two. Uh, let's call. Let's call them two major leagues. And then one triple uh, A. How about that? One fun league. Yeah, there we go. One one fun league, quote unquote fun. The other one's major league uh, bound. So I'm uh, during the break, you know, just checking stats, uh, you know, things of that nature. So, uh, hey, 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 what are you calling crickets? What are you doing over there? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> calling crickets, my man, what are you doing? All right, let's let's uh, let's get back into the conversation related to uh, men and women's basketball on the Division One level. Let's start over in the in the SWAC uh, with the SWAC men. We'll go. Uh, we'll go conference by conference, and that way, and make it easier instead of bouncing from men to uh, men and then all women. We'll go conference by conference just to catch people up on uh, some of the some of the opening preseason notes from the SWAC men. Uh, the the big highlight, of course, in the SWAC men, you had Texas Southern defeating twentieth ranked University of Florida back on December sixth. By a score of 69 to 54, they were the first SWAC program to defeat a ranked SEC program in the AP poll era since 1936. Ranked SEC teams entering the series 51 to nothing. Yes, 51 to nothing. So congrats to Texas Southern on the big win. Now, you know, the, the caveat to all that, I would say, is that Texas Southern's record right now uh, is just two and seven overall, but uh, they've played quite a schedule. If you went and looked at their schedule, and those two wins, that Florida win, and then uh, who uh, whoever they played 
after, you know, are part of their uh, two-game, they're on a two-game winning streak heading into conference play. Um, just to let people know, preseason players of the year, Jawan Daniels of Prairie View A&M was the preseason offensive player of the year, of course. Uh, he, he was returning from last year, had a great season for Prairie View A&M. I think he, he came up just a little short of the offensive player of the year last year. I think that award went to Tristan Jarrett of Jackson State. Uh, Jackson State's Jacavius McKinnis is the deep, was the preseason defensive player of the year. And McKinnis was, uh, was an All-American. I believe he averaged a double-double last season. So he was the preseason defensive player of the year. Texas Southern, as I mentioned, and Prairie View A&M were selected to finish one and two in the preseason poll. Um, and then, of course, you've got uh, Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M entering into the conference. Uh, in terms of where those two schools were preseason ranked, uh, Florida A&M was preseason picked to finish sixth, Bethune 10th. Uh, it should be noted that going into the conference play, the best overall mark belongs to Southern. Southern University with a record right now of six and seven. Uh, head coach Sean, Sean Woods, who uh, uh, I, we went to the same high school back in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, just like to mention that. Uh, Southern, actually, uh, Southern actually got one first place vote in the preseason predicted order of finish, along with Alabama A&M. So um, interesting that, you know, the majority of folks were on Texas Southern and Prairie View, but then you had these two outliers, Southern and Alabama A&M. Um, games upcoming this week, Drew. Any, uh, what are some of the, what are some of the spotlight games upcoming? And again, Monday and Wednesday are the primary first two days of the, um, of the SWAC season. So that's essentially tomorrow and then Wednesday. I, uh, looking at tomorrow, the games that, I forgot the games that were originally scheduled. Uh, you did mention there were some uh, cancellations, such as uh, Prairie View and, uh, and, and Grambling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then all of Jackson State was moved to Wednesday. Well, hey, let's let's start off with the uh, the Florida, the Florida Classic of basketball on Monday six six thirty mm-hmm. in Daytona Beach as Florida Adam travels to play Bethune Cookman. That's probably going to be the highlight of the Monday schedule. Uh, Texas Southern Ooh. and Southern. That's the seven thirty. That's the highlight. That's going, the highlight going to be the highlight also. You know, uh, let's see. Wednesday, look, moving over to Wednesday's action, uh, got all coins scheduled to play Jackson State. That's a, that's a TBA game. Don't know what's going to happen uh, with that with all with the uh, COVID issues. Uh, Prairie View is Southern tradition. Let me, hold on, let me, let me correct. Thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, stop. Let me let me correct you on something. All corn does not have any listed COVID related issues. That was that I'm was. That was Prairie View, Prairie View, okay. who had the COVID-related issues. There was no, there was no explanation given as to why Alcorn and Jackson State but, was moved to Wednesday. Uh, Alcorn did not play its game on. It was either Thursday or Friday at Minnesota, apparently due to some COVID uh, lingering COVID issues within the Alcorn program. 
So uh, let's note that also. So that might be why this game is a TBA game right there. Uh, it's all come on. Apparently is uh, overcoming some uh, COVID issues. So uh, look at that. So look at that. Some other games. Prairie View Southern. If that game goes off, that should be a good game on Wednesday. And moving on to Saturday's Saturday's action, just it's kind of glancing down the schedule. Uh, Jackson State, Alabama State will be a probably the highlight of the schedule for Saturday on the men's side. All right, I don't I don't show any listing as to whether those games are on ESPN Plus. Um, the schedule did not sh- did not show that those games were because uh, usually they have them listed on this season. Let me go back and look. Uh, the Bethune game is on video. I'm, I'm assuming that's on their site. Uh, I do not see any games that are on ESPN. But if you go to each uh, school's individual website, there will be some uh, some of those games will be on their individual website. One other thing I wanted to bring up, Brian, take a look at some of the stats on the men's side. Southern is the only team that is averaging 70 points a game on offense at 72.0. Jackson State is the only team that is not giving up at least 70 points per game at 69.9 on defense defensively. Texas Southern is right there on that Mendoza line of 70, giving up exactly 70.0 points per game. So just, just one thing I want to bring out with some team stats right there. Yeah, good point. And I want to go back to Southern for just a second because Southern's got a nice mix of uh, payday games and some games against some uh, mid-majors, which Southern Southern schedule, very respectable and has to make you feel very confident if you're a Southern Jaguar fan about this upcoming year. Um, they have wins against uh, Kent State on the road, 78-76. They beat Southeastern Louisiana, 72-66. Um, beat a Tennessee state program, which uh, is pretty good. Tennessee state's men are, are rolling. They're playing real well right now. 82 to 80. Uh, They defeated them, but uh, they beat Tulane university 73 to 70, but it's the, it's the games that I thought they fared. Well, they lost to university of Louisville by 12 on the road. I thought that was real respectable. Of course uh, they played Kentucky, which, uh, that's uh, Coach Woods' alma mater. They they lost to them seventy six to sixty four by twelve. Uh, that's that's respectable. Uh, you know, you you look at games and maybe scratch your head. They lost by nine to Dayton, lost by seventeen to Akron, lost by twenty three to Nebraska, lost by three to South Dakota. So I mean, there's a few head scratchers in there, but. But all in all, to come out of your non-conference schedule, and if I'm not mistaken, I only see Lindsey Wilson College in Kentucky. That That's the only NAIA school that I see. I, I don't know about Ecclesia College. They beat them 109-53. Something tells me they may not be a, that may not be a, um, a D1 team. But, but for the most part, 
you know, you got a quality non-conference record and you played some good teams. And so now when you get ready to go into conference play, which um, that makes you feel good. It's got to make you feel good. Um, I, I, I want to talk. I just want to mention conference rankings, Drew, because, you know, we get back to this old debate about why the MEAC and SWAC will be 16 seeds again and why they may very well end up in the first four again. It's because uh, as of today, and I'm looking at a site that ranks the conference rankings, uh, their net, uh, the MEAC is ranked 31st. The SWAC is ranked 32nd. The fewest number of wins, 32 teams. Okay, I just need you to clarify that. Uh, yeah, out of 32 teams, the MEAC is 31. Uh, uh, MEAC teams have a 22-64 and 64 record. That's a 25% win percentage. And the SWAC is 32. That's one – excuse me, that's 13 wins, 113 losses. That's about 10% that, win percentage. Okay, what does that equate to? So, so Brian, you got that pulled up. Just give me the bottom six teams. So the four teams above us, and then uh, and then uh, you mean conferences? The, the yeah, the four conferences above the HBCU conferences. Okay, you have a uh, Northeast Conference, the NEC, thirtieth, the Southland Conference at twenty nine, the Patriot League at twenty eight, the Horizon League at twenty seven. And I'll just mention the Big South because we have Hampton and North Carolina A and T at twenty six, and and then you have the Ohio Valley, which houses Tennessee State, all the way up at twenty one. Okay, so for those previous six conferences that you uh, mentioned, four of those will be in Dayton uh, on that Tuesday and Wednesday prior to the tournament, and the other two that are not in Dayton will be the other two number 16 seeds, just to put it in uh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you look at the the win, the win percent. And, and so, you know, the highest rated team, uh, the net rating, the conference leader in the SWAC is Texas Southern with a net rating of 160. And, and with Howard, a 7 record. With a, well, and probably a large part to their big win against Florida. So I know that that had to that had to yield a lot of points, and then Howard is the leader of the MEAC at two hundred four. They are the lowest rated net team leading any conference. And 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 just to just to show you where the NEC is, the Northeast Conference, their conference leader, uh, their conference leader is Wagner University. I think Wagner University. Their net rating is fifty. All right, so Brian, talk, uh, so where does Norfolk rank on the list? Uh, in terms of what? The net. RPI? Or net? Whatever stat we're looking at. Whichever well, stat I'm, that we're I'm, looking yeah, at. Because they don't use RPI that. anymore. They use net now. Is the uh, yeah. what they used to determine the uh, 64, the 68. Oh, how many teams we got? 70? Oh. I don't know how many teams we got now. Norfolk State comes in at 218. 
which is actually ahead of some Division I Power Five programs. For example, Oregon State, Nebraska University. Um, You know, actually, Norfolk State comes in ahead of Southern, comes in ahead of Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, but but it's funny, Norfolk State is actually behind programs like Jackson State and behind Howard. So, you know, just to kind of give you some perspective there, and I, and I already told you where, um, you know, I already told you where Texas Southern is. So where were you going to go? Your, your thought, you were, you were, you had a thought there as it related to the net, or you were just kind of curious about where they rank? I was just no. I was just curious because we, we we see the great record that uh, Norfolk has, uh, yeah, with with nine nine victories in the non conference season, which is for a HBCU is amazing. We're not used to seeing teams with nine victories until we get to February, normally. So right. to then have nine wins coming into the conference season, but that within that nine is not a could be a could be better net rating. That's the better way, best way to put it. It's a it's a decent net rating, but it could be better. Yeah. Uh, again, it, it makes you. Uh, we we will have the debate about our our schools being able to play at the level of the mid major. I, I mean, again, we're, we're talking just be competitive with. Those schools, and I mean, there's 32 conferences. Um, how competitive are MIAC and SWAC with those four to five other conferences? And then you add in the conferences like the American East, Big Sky, Ohio Valley, Summit League, A-Sun. A- 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 I mean, those are other teams that are in the bottom the bottom third. And and so we need we need to see more wins and, and when we're talking about we have to be able to beat those mid majors you got to be able to beat those mid majors and so that that's where hbcus are and i know it's challenging but uh you know we we have to somehow find a way and, and that's a different topic i know we go down that rabbit hole we'll be here all day kind of talking about how we get there let's jump over to the women if i can anything else you want to add about the men no let's move over okay so the women of course uh, Jackson State under the direction of fourth-year head coach Tamika Reed. They've been tabbed to finish first in the SWAC uh, preseason poll. Alabama State was picked to finish second, followed by Southern, Alabama A&M, and Grambling to round out the top five. Uh, Alabama State's uh, Taisha Rudolph was tabbed uh, most recently as a player of the week, and Grambling State Alexis Holt was was an impact player of the week. Um, some highlights from the season thus far, Alabama A&M defeated Samford, Samford, S-A-M, 72-47 to in their first meeting. That's Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. And Mississippi Valley State got their first win of the season in overtime against ULM, 73-72. to uh, looking at some of the records across the women's, they, they aren't pretty. Uh, the highest <laughs> averaging, the highest team, uh, highest uh, record, uh, I guess that's how I want to say it, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff with an overall record of four and six, uh, although they have lost three in a row recently. 
but Arkansas Pine Bluff comes in at four and six. And then you have a host of three-win, two-win teams. Uh, don't look down at the bottom at Texas Southern and Florida A&M, uh, both winless, still looking for their first win. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot there. Preseason player of the year, just in case people wondered, was uh, Deja Rogan. And uh, I believe she was the player of the year last year, if I'm not mistaken, in the uh, SWAT. Uh, Amisha Williams, the preseason defensive player of the year, which I think she was the defensive player of the year last year. So that dynamic duo you know, they roll, is back. They always roll it over. Yep, yep. Uh, look out for, again, our uh, Division One Player of the Year, Dariana Lewis. She was a preseason all-swag first team, uh, along with Shamaya Ward and Ayana Emanuel. Pretty much the, the the core from last year that sort of be interesting to see what those uh, ladies do coming into this year. Um. Upcoming games this week, Drew. Any spotlight games on the on the women's side that we're looking at in the SWAT this upcoming uh, Monday before, or Wednesday? Before I get into the games, uh just wanted to note that uh on the offensive side, Arkansas Pine Bluff and Jackson State are the two teams that are averaging over sixty points, excuse me, seventy points a game. Uh Pine Bluff seventy one point one. Jackson State, 72.4. And, and Brian, there's a big dramatic drop-off between team number two and number three. Prairie View comes in number three on offense at 62.6 points per game. And that's it for the, the three teams that only average over 60 points per game, Brian. So let's, let's think about that. Alabama A&M is the defensive leader in points per game at 67.4 points per game. Everyone else is over 70 points per game with Alcorn and Texas Southern bringing up the rear at 84 and 86 points per game, respectively, defensively. So uh, one reason why those records may be what it is, uh, not scoring points and giving up a bunch of points on the other end. Look at this, some of the highlights of this week. Uh You've got you've got Alabama A and M Arkansas Pine Bluff on tomorrow. That's a five thirty tip off right there. That's going to be the probably the highlight of your of your Monday games. Moving over, moving over to your Wednesday games. Uh, Prairie View Southern ought, ought, ought to be a decent game right there. Alabama A and M Mississippi Valley State. On Wednesday, those are five thirty tips. Saturday, Jackson State, Alabama State, Brian. Two o'clock. Here we go. Montgomery, Alabama. That's going to circle remember that game. Yeah, circle your calendar for that. Remember that was the game of the year. That was let's see. That was Alabama State's only loss uh, last year was to Jackson State, if I remember that correctly. Uh, and so vice versa. That was, that was, no, no, let me rephrase that. Alabama State opened up the season and defeated Jackson State right. uh, last year. And then that wound up being Jackson State's only loss in the uh, conference last year. So, so uh, that one on the Saturday. So that's going to be a good matchup right there. That's going to be the highlight of Saturday. And looks like that game's going to be on the Alabama State Hornets Network. 
two uh two o'clock Eastern time Saturday Montgomery Alabama. Got that's a YouTube. That's a YouTube. You can catch that on YouTube, I think, uh, or on their website. Yeah. Um, uh, Roy was uh, just hitting me up and letting me know there, there's only four games right now scheduled uh, as part of the ESPN package. So um, not a lot of games uh, on, you know. They made their money off of football. Yeah, they made their money off of football. You don't see very – look, a lot of schools are going to have to tighten up and, and really – you know, get their get their broadcast feeds put together. Uh, there, there's missed opportunities. I mean, there's people who, and especially, look, I, I'm I'm going to say it. God forbid, but you know, the, hopefully, you have a lot of fans going to these games. But if you get if this thing continues the way it's going, I, I, I am I am I going to be shocked if if a school says we're not letting fans in attendance? I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I've seen crazier stuff happen. We are available at the Black College Sports Network for your viewing <laughs> pleasure. All schools, please contact us. Yeah. Hit it. us up at mybcsn one. Let me go to Conference Net here just uh, for the SWAC. The SWAC is rated as the lowest in women's basketball, 32 of 32, with a record of 12 and 94. Jackson, Jackson State, though, has a good net rating at 99. So, I mean, you know, Jackson State is actually in a good position. The problem is their conference doesn't help them out. So, you know, Jackson State – And that State, net rating will only go down throughout the throughout the conference season. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, in the MEAC, the MEAC is actually 30th with uh, the Southland Conference sitting between the MEAC and SWAT with Morgan State at a rating of 195. The uh, let me find it. The Big South, which houses AMT and Hampton, is twenty eighth, and Ohio Valley. We'll talk about Tennessee State here in just a second. Seventeenth overall, so uh, you know, good spot to be in for those schools. Um, let me shift over for a quick second to talking about just a. A moment, Drew, if we can shift over to the Big South and the Ohio Valley. Uh, over in the Big South, uh, you just recently had a contest between Hampton and North Carolina A&T. That was today, I believe, or yesterday? Yesterday. That was yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, Hampton ended up winning that game 85-71. to That is their first conference win of the year. They're 1-0 in conference. Their fourth overall win in a row. Uh, Hampton improves to 5-6. and six. A&T drops to 3-9, and 0-2 in conference. I was trying to look at some stats. You know, A&T has some, has some returners, although one of their major returners or one of their major uh, players off that championship team, um, uh, the young lady's name escapes me. She hit the game-winning three in the uh, conference tournament. She is not on that team, but uh, a couple other key returners are still there for A&T. They're just having a tough time right now in the non-conference season. So it'll be interesting to see if the Aggies, their first year in the Big South, uh, what they do. And that's the women's side. Over on the men's side, the men, uh, A&T Aggies are 5-9. and nine. The Hampton Pirates are 4-7. and seven. Uh, Hampton has actually had to deal with the cancellations over the past two weeks. They've had their last three games canceled. And A&T... Although they are five and nine, they're sitting a perfect three and zero in the Corbett Center. So, 
Club Corbett is still alive in the Big South. So it'll be interesting to see what Club Corbett looks like. Uh, over in the OVC, um, Tennessee State women have won four in a row. Uh, had a big win uh, just recently uh, where they beat, uh, I believe they beat uh, Belmont, I think it was. No, it was somebody else they just beat. Um, they have improved to seven and six, two and zero oh in conference. They've won four straight. How about this? Tennessee State, you know, uh, named a new coach in uh, 2020. Uh, coach Ty Evans had a tough start last year. He went 0-22, but that team has really found themselves. And, you know, two names that I, I just had to mention because I was as I was looking at uh, Tennessee State, uh, they're being led right now by a grad transfer. Uh, Tatiana Davis averages 14.1 a game. And then a freshman, Gia Adams, is averaging 13.7. And so those two young ladies are powering that Tennessee State ball club right now. And we'll talk about Tennessee State a little bit more. And then on the men's side, Drew, how about the men? Five and seven overall. Their last two conference games have been uh, postponed, you know, and uh, that was from uh, just the past couple of days. But it should be noted, ever since the Millers left town, Tennessee State has won four of their last five games. That only loss was by two points in overtime to South Carolina State. So, man, Tennessee State just keeps winning, minus the uh, the no-limit the no no effect. Make them say, uh. Um, <laughs> let's jump over to the MEAC real quick here, if we can, uh, just to set the table a little bit, a couple things that I see in the MEAC, Drew, uh, and of course, with only eight teams playing in the MEAC, everybody plays each other two times. Uh, they begin their games on Monday. Um, uh, actually, no, check that, check that. They, uh. They actually, there's a few non-conference games happening this week. Actually, the first set of conference games begin on Saturday, January 8th. So I want to check myself there. They start Saturday, January 8th. But the, again, the MEAC has been ravaged by cancellations all across, you know, uh, uh, let me see. I saw somebody had lost four games in a row. Yeah. South Carolina, nope, let me see. Howard, South Carolina State have all had two games canceled recently. Maryland Eastern Shore has had three games canceled. Morgan State, that's who it was. They've had their last four games canceled since December 18th. So uh, pretty good schedule, pretty good records by schools in the MEAC. I got to give a shout-out to South Carolina State, Drew. Currently sitting at 7-8 and eight under new coach Tony Madlock. This South Carolina State team was, Drew, one of the worst. I'm talking bottom five, bottom three, worst Division I basketball teams a year ago. Um, and they are 7-8 and eight right now on a four-game win streak. They were 1-17 last year, and it's a young squad. They're, uh, you know, only two grad, uh, two grad students and two redshirt sophomores. Everybody else has two years or less of college basketball experience under their belt. 
But uh, shout out to Coach Tony Madlock. Uh, Madluck, excuse me. Uh, 25-year college assistant. Uh, came from Memphis over there with Penny Hardaway. And, uh, man, he is doing some great things. Keep an eye on South Carolina State. Seven and eight right now is what they list their record as. But, man, they are actually having a great year. And also, Maryland Eastern Shore. They did not have a – they didn't play a game. Maryland Eastern Shore, much like Bethune-Cookman a year ago, shut down all their athletics. Maryland Eastern Shore didn't play a year ago. And the year before that, they were 5-27. and 27. Maryland Eastern Shore right now sitting at 5-6 and six on the year. So uh, two schools that I think are having a good year. But uh, keep an eye out for Howard, of course, Norfolk State, and Morgan State, probably the three teams that uh, that most people have scheduled. I didn't, Drew. Any chance you pulled up the preseason rankings for those schools? No, if I not, did I'll not. Do. I was I, I was looking at some of the stats for these uh, schools. And, okay, go uh, ahead with some of the stats, and I'll I'll see if I can find the rankings. So go ahead with what you were going to add to the Miac men or some of the other stuff like South OVC. Whereas the SWAC cannot put the ball in the bucket. In the MEAC, they are running and gunning with six of the eight men's teams in the MEAC averaging over 70 points per game. So because of that, I'm going to give you the two teams that are not averaging 70 points per game, Ryan. And that is Coppin State at 65-3 and Delaware State at 61-7. Howard leads the way at 79-6 per game. Defensively, Norfolk leads the way 63-5 a game, Maryland East Shore 64-8, and North Carolina Central at 69-1. Scoring margin, kind of important if you're going to have a winning uh, record. Norfolk leads the way with a 10.5 scoring margin. Howard is number two with a 9.4, Maryland East Shore, 5.8, North Carolina Central at 3.6. Everyone else is in the negative when it comes to team scoring bars in there, Brian. All right. Um, let's jump over to the women. I don't have the – I didn't find the men's stuff, but uh, we'll maybe mention a little bit later. Uh, just a couple of quick notes from out of the women in the MEAC. Um, obviously, the defending champs are gone, North Carolina a women. Howard, who was the runner-up, currently with a record of 5-6. and six. They've had their last two games canceled. Norfolk State sitting at 4-7. and seven. They've had their last three games canceled. But the, uh, the two teams who are sitting up top of the non-conference season thus far – uh, you have Morgan State, who their current record is six and four. They've won six games in a row. Uh, they don't play again until January eighth. Again, they've had to deal with cancellations. And how about Coppin State, uh, six and seven on the year? Uh, new coach Lauren Harper, Laura, I think Lauren Harper. Uh, you know, she was a, a University of Maryland All American. Uh, came over to, to coach over at Coppin last year. That team went two and thirteen last year. Uh, this team already six and seven. So pay attention, you know, to to Coppin State and Morgan State's women uh, when the upcoming year starts. 
Uh, Maryland Eastern Shore also with four and eight. But after that, you know, you've got uh, Dell State, South Carolina State, both winless. And then North Carolina Central only has one game under their belt. So um, not pretty, but uh, there definitely is some some schools uh, having a having a good start to the year thus far. And then again, like you said, conference schedule starts up on Saturday, January 8th in the MEAC. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Division II, the CIAA, and the SIEC after these words. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Supermarket Sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1. Go download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app uh, on or your Google or Apple Play Store. MyJBN, MyBCSN. Uh, just a quick check. I'm now trailing in my fantasy championships. Uh, two breaks ago, I was Brian, we're here to do- we're here to do an a HBCU sports, so we should give a damn about yes. your fantasy league. <laughs> well, all right. Well, if I if I'm for if I have to be if I have to be here to do this show, doggone it, I'm gonna I'm gonna make mention because I can use some additional good karma with my fantasy championships. The, under the disappointment of what the Cowboys are showing me right now, I, I have no. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, let's. <laughs> As we get into the Division Two, um, some of the action happening. Let's go through some of the. Uh, where do you want to go? Which which conference you want to first start first? SIC or CAA? Well, you know what my heart is, Brian. So let's just start right. All here. right. Let's start with the C SIC. No. All right. The men's standing. Some of the. Some of the men's standings overall, and uh, I don't know, Drew. I don't have the 
if while I'm while I'm kind of going through where teams are at right now, if you want to pull up the preseason predictions, that might be a little helpful to get some context here. But again, you have the East and the West. Now, unlike foot, unlike during the football season in the West, uh, you do get the additions of Lemoyne Owen and Spring Hill to the West Division. Of course, you Correct. still have Edward Waters and Allen outside. Yeah, yeah, I was just I was saying they don't count. Uh they're still listed here on the division table. Although as you and I were both checking, Edward Waters sort of has this hybrid schedule thing going on where they're playing some division two, some NAIAs, and, and, and we have to get some clarification on where they're gonna be playing postseason. Are they eligible for postseason? on the NAIA or Division II level, uh, which... Joshua uh, Jackson, if you're out there, uh, contact us at the BCSN so that we can get some clarity or does any anyone else from Everwaters who can answer those questions, uh, give us a call. Email us, text us. You, you got that information. Yeah, so already right now, let's go into East Division. Uh, overall, the, uh, the, the top dog in the East is Benedict. Uh, Benedict College right now with a record of 10-3, and 6-0, unbeaten in conference play. Follow that up by Morehouse coming in at 506-6 record, 3-2 and two in the conference. Uh, Savannah State and Albany uh, each have three wins overall. Each have two wins in conference, two wins. Uh, Savannah, two losses. Albany State, three losses. And then follow that up with Fort Valley State and Clark, each with one win a piece, although Clark has four overall wins on their season. Fort Valley just one win uh, on the year. Uh, now, in the West, uh, Drew, your your Tuskegee Golden Tigers tied right now with Miles at three and one overall. Uh, Tuskegee is six and six overall. Miles has not played any non-conference games. Is that what I'm seeing, Drew? They have played some non-conference games. I do not have the schedule in front of me. Miles is actually, I believe, seven and three right now. Uh, I see I was on a different page because you asked me to bring it up. I had the record pulled up before that. But, yes, Miles has played some non-conference games at Brian. Okay, yeah, for some reason, they're just not on the uh, website. Yeah, overall, it's eight and three record uh, according okay, eight to – Eight and three, according to uh, their their website. Um, so that's uh, that's where Miles is um, sitting in first place. But I guess conference is what they they are focused in on. If you go to the website, Tuskegee's three and one. Uh, Lane and Lemoyne Owen and Central State all have two wins in conference play. Kentucky State and Spring Hill with a win each. Uh, what, where else you, uh, what, what kind of statistics do you have there so far in terms of the men, Drew? Well, let's start off with uh, preseason honors. Greg, Greg Boyd was the preseason player of the year for Tuskegee. He has been injured uh, thus far this season. I, I don't believe he's played this year. Uh, Daquan Lawrence of LeMoyne was the defensive player of the year preseason. Predicted order of finish in the East, Albany, Benedict, Clark, Morehouse were your top four. And in the West, Miles, Tuskegee, Central State, and Kentucky State. 
so that those those were your uh preseason order of finish in the uh in the respective divisions. All right. And so games coming up this week, uh Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. So um some teams will be playing three times during the course of this week. Uh I just happened to look Fort Valley being one of them, Fort Valley um, on the road at LeMoyne-Owen, then on the road to Miles, and then they turn around on Saturday and host Clark. Um, As I just kind of go through and quickly glance through the schedule, I think – The games – I got got your games of note in the SIAC there, Brian. You do, okay. And, yeah, I pulled it out on – we'll just stick to the Benz game – Miles and Lemoyne, that is on Saturday, 5 o'clock Eastern time. Miles travels to Lemoyne is going to be the game of note in the conference. You can go through the entire schedule, but that's going to be the game of note right there. Miles Lemoyne. Uh, right now, that I believe that's our number one versus our number two team currently on the west side. Okay. No, I, I'll 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 take your I'll take your word on it. I <laughs> uh, I just I just wanted to take note as I was seeing the teams playing three games. I'm seeing, you know, Kentucky State playing three games this upcoming week, and so I think when you see something like that, when somebody's playing three games off the rip, there's probably going to be a week, and, and you know it's hard to always figure out what constitutes a week. Is it Monday through Saturday, and and some kind you know it's kind of always interesting. Uh, how how teams determine how conferences determine their week, but um, I would say that if you if you did the Monday through Saturday as being the week, if Kentucky State or Fort Valley is playing three games, probably there's a week where they may only play once. So it'll it'll sort of even itself out for the teams that are playing that many contests. You know, it'll definitely even it uh, even itself out, right? All right. Go over to the women's side and look at the women's standings thus far over in the East. Now, this is by conference record. Benedict sitting at 6-0. and uh, In first place, Savannah State sitting at 5-0. and Should be noted, Savannah State, the only unbeaten team right now in SIC play. Uh, that is a fun team to watch. Had the pleasure of calling a couple of those games, Drew. That is a fun team to watch. Uh, Clark Atlanta coming in in third with three wins. Four Valley State at two and three and fourth. Albany State at one. So that's your east side. Now on the west side, the west side, of course, again, you have Spring Hill and Lemoyne Owen added into the mix on the west side. But it's Tuskegee that is sitting in first place by uh, by uh, conference percentage, win percentage, uh, three wins, one loss compared to Lane, who is three wins and two losses under their belt. Uh, Tuskegee sitting on an overall record of eight and two. Miles, um, you know, two and two overall, eight and, excuse me, two and two in conference, eight and two overall. Spring Hills, two and three, Kentucky State, Central State, Lemoyne, Owen. All right, games of the week, Drew, what do we got? On the well, first of all, before we go into the games of the week, I'm gonna give you the preseason player of the year was uh, Ayana Bay of Benedict. Defensive player of the year was Jatoria 
uh, Willis of Tuskegee, uh, but Tuskegee does have uh, our player of the year, and that was uh, Ashila Jackson, who was the uh, BCSN Division II player of the year, along with the coach of the year, uh, Coach Trelane Powell of Tuskegee was our coach of the year last year. So wanted to get those accolades out there. Uh, predicted order finish where the East is going to chalk thus far, Brian. Benedict, Savannah, Clark, Fort Valley, and Albany thus far uh, in the East. And in the West, preseason order finish, Tuskegee, Miles, Kentucky State, Central, Lane, LeMoyne. Lane had to mess up the chalk, uh, but everything else has been chalked. Looking at the uh, on the women's side, to give you an interesting matchup, Brian, Emma Waters and Benedict on Saturday at 2 o'clock on the women's side. The reason I'm interested in this game is we, we've seen how Emma, good Emma Waters has been on the NAIA level and how well they dominate the NAIA level. This will be the test to see if they're ready to move into the uh, Division II level against the top-rated uh, Benedict. And uh, I want to see what Benedict does with Everquarter's point guard, uh, Shaquana Brown. So that I, I'm really interested in that matchup. Uh, also, the game of the week, though, Brian, is going to occur Wednesday in Tuskegee, Alabama, where the number the 9-0 Savannah State Lady Tigers travel to Tuskegee to take on the 8-2 Tuskegee. Golden Tiger. So the, who has the eye of the Tiger? 6.30 Eastern Time Wednesday. We'll find out. And I think that's that's those are about the highlights of the week on the SIAC women's side there, Brian. And, and although there, there was not an SIAC tournament played last year, you kind of have this feeling of, you know, Tuskegee sort of comes in. They weren't quite the champ but they were the team that got to the NCAA a year ago. So for Savannah State, you know, when you're going on the road, you know, can you can you take out the sort of de facto champ? I hate to say, you know, to be the champs, you got to take out the champs. But, you know, and, and Miles might object because Miles is technically the defending champs. But, uh, you know, so Savannah State's got, a, got an interesting road ahead of them. Uh, in, in that respect, but uh, that that will be a hype game, and so that'll be definitely one to uh, to, to keep an eye on on uh, on Wednesday. So we'll, we'll definitely be watching that game. Somebody somebody needs to be streaming that game. All right, let me move on. Let me keep let me keep moving here before I get in trouble. Um, all right, so that include that concludes the uh, SIC and the CIAA. Uh, run. No, no, I didn't get to the CIAA. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got the CIAA. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I Slow down there, there, my buddy. Right. I know. Trying to get us out of here. I'm, I'm scoreboard watching, getting nervous here. Um, sorry. Uh, in the CIAA, let's go to the men's. The men's side, the conference standings. Um, teams really have only played a game, uh, maybe a couple of games at most, two or three games. Uh, on the Northern Division side, and let me say this, Drew, none of these teams, if I'm not mistaken, played in the spring last year, no, correct? did not play at all. Nobody did. So this is – Nobody played in the CIAA. Yeah, real interesting to see 
Well, well let, let me take that back. Let me take that back. Lincoln, PA played uh, until until they were shut down. Yeah, until they were shut yes. down. They tried. They tried to play. They tried to yes. play. Props to them for trying. And, and then, then the conference you know, uh, shut them down. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. So for the Northern Division, Virginia Union and Lincoln PA on the men's side, both unbeaten right now at two and zero. Virginia Union with an eight and three overall record. Lincoln has won five games in a row, so they're currently sitting at nine and four overall. Uh, winners of five in a row. Bowie State coming in one and zero. Elizabeth City State two and one. Virginia State at one and two. Shaw winless right now. Um, Elizabeth City State right now also with a nine and four overall record. So pretty good records there overall in the Northern Division. In the South, Fayetteville State with an unbeaten three and zero record in conference. Three up, three down. They are eight and five overall. Winners of four in a row. Second longest winning streak in the conference. And then the rest of the South kind of feels like I'm talking about football here because a lot of teams on losing streaks right now, but uh, St. Aug at one and one, Claflin one and two, Livingstone, Winston-Salem, Johnson C. Smith, uh, all winless and all on losing streaks. So again, like I said, the, the Southern Division, man, of the CIAA, you guys are, but did, you guys got to do did some Did you notice know my thing about the CIAA, Brian? Uh, what's that, Drew? The CIAA basketball standings are the, usually the inverse of the football standings. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I missed that. Uh, okay. Look look at the standings and look at the teams that are at top of the basketball standings and see that they're at the bottom of the football standings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think you got me wanting to go back. Yeah, yeah, well. Fayetteville State still sitting up top in the Southern Division, man. That's just an overall program. But I but I see where you're talking about with Lincoln and ECSU. And, yeah, you know, interesting, interesting. Games of the week in the CIAA. Uh, what, what, uh, what, what, what caught your eye this upcoming week is they have games on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Uh, on the men's side. Lincoln, PA, and Fayetteville State uh, on Thursday, 7.30 p.m., and Fayetteville State gets to do it twice because they've got Virginia Union on Saturday at 4 p.m. Those are my two two highlight games in the CIAA, Brian. And they're home games. They're home games, though, so that's sort of the the good thing for Fayetteville State. Uh, They – They've been at home uh, recently. Uh, their game they were supposed to play today got canceled. And so, um, you know, so they, they actually get to kind of stay home. So it's a good start for Fayetteville. See if they can extend their unbeaten conference record out to uh, to what it is. Um, all right, let's move over to the uh, – let's move over to the uh, women's <clears> – <throat> women's side if we – if we could in the Northern division of the CIAA uh, you've got Virginia state sitting unbeaten in conference play at three and O they're overall seven and five having won their last three games. Lincoln PA again, Lincoln PA keep, keep note of this program. Okay. Doing good things. They're actually two and O in conference nine and three overall one five in a row. So 
not only have the men won five in a row, the women have won five in a row as well. Elizabeth City State, two and one. They have a record of nine and two overall. That's uh, the best <clears throat> best win percentage of all teams in the CIAA right now. Uh, followed up by Shaw and Bowie and uh, Virginia Union, uh, winless right now. Over on the southern side, Livingstone, 1-0, and uh, just by the nature of the fact that they have only played one conference game, and they won it. And so they're sitting ahead of Fayetteville State, who is 2-1 right now. Winston-Salem State, Johnson C. Smith, St. Aug, and Claflin, all winless. But uh, that order based on overall record. So, you know, the, the power, the power again is in the Northern Division among Virginia State, Lincoln, and ECSU right now. But uh, as you know, this the season can get long. And so uh, it, it makes for some interesting uh, contests later on. What do you have in terms of games of the week? Games of the week on the women's side. Got to excuse my notes are a little bit all over the place. We only got one uh, highlight game. That's Elizabeth City at uh, probably out of conference to West Virginia, uh, West Virginia State University. And that's tomorrow at 3 o'clock, Brian. So uh, that's mm. the, actually the only spotlight game that I have on the women's side there, Brian. All right. Well, and West Virginia uh, State, the team that we don't talk about uh, too often, but uh, on the men and the women's side, both their programs are off to a, a decent start. But the women are uh, off to a little bit of a better start. May see that name in uh, in a ranking or so coming out uh, later on in this show. Just just throwing that out there for discussion. Well, you got you got a, a full slate of games on Wednesday, or excuse me, on Thursday and Saturday. For the women, um, I'll say that Shaw Winston Salem State game on Saturday for the women should be pretty interesting. That's a home game for Winston Salem State. I know there's a bit of a rivalry there, so uh, that that should have some <clears throat> should have some appeal. And then, of course, you you mentioned Fayetteville State, um, or no, you said uh, Elizabeth City State. Elizabeth City State's yeah. on the road. Yeah, they're on. They're on the road Thursday and, West and Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, then, then they, they come they back on the road all week. Yeah, on the road all week. Livingstone on Thursday, Johnson C. Smith on Saturday. Uh, so that's how that rolls. Let's move over to the NAIA because uh, over on the <clears throat> over on the men's side, it gets pretty pretty juicy because you've got. Three teams in the NAIA that are currently ranked in the top. Now, they put out the top 25 coaches poll, but they're ranked in the top 15. Three men's programs, two of them from one conference. You've got Talladega, ranked number three nationally. Stillman, ranked number 11 nationally, both of the Southern States Athletic Conference. And then you have Xavier, ranked 15th. Nationally, they are part of the Red River, so uh, already the, uh, the the move by Talladega and Xavier already elevating the SSAC and the Red River um, in in that respect. Drew, um, what do we what do we got there? What do you and, and you you made a note here, uh, Talladega 
I, I can't keep up with the wins and losses because they're always different. It feels like everywhere I look, Talladega is right now twelve and one overall, four and zero in conference play, uh, sitting in first place or tied in first place with Loyola University. Who? What is Loyola? Right? Is Loyola number one. Loyola's number. Uh, Loyola was number two in the last poll. New poll will come out next week. Uh, they're number one in the Massey ratings, uh, rating system that uh, you and I are familiar with. So uh, just to let you know how – and they're in the same conference, Brian, with Steelman and Talladega. And Faulkner also is in there. I'm trying to see if Faulkner is ranked this year, but they usually have a top program down there in Montgomery, Alabama at uh, Faulkner University. And Faulkner is receiving votes also. So you've got four teams – uh, in in that conference, in that Southern States conference, uh, so that's that's a very competitive conference, there, Brian. Yeah, and and we talk about the games and, upcoming and, this uh, week. They've got just hold up, just, just taking a look at it at the Red River Conference where Xavier is at. You've got an LSU Alexandria who's in the Red River Conference, who is uh, ranked. And I, let's see, I think that's going to be it. So these IHBCUs are playing in some of the more competitive conferences that there are out there and getting their kudos in them. Okay. Um, uh, let's see, where was I going to go? I was going to go to game schedule. Yes, schedule. Southern, Southern States games in the men. This upcoming week. Now, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, their games. Now, obviously, you know, Talladega, Stillman have games both on the road and at home this upcoming week. But Saturday, definitely all eyes will be circled on Saturday. So, I mean, you cannot look too far ahead. Stillman will host Faulkner University on Saturday. And then the big showdown in Talladega, Drew, uh, Loyola versus Talladega. Yes, yes, Loyola, number one, number two. Basically, that's a top five matchup right there, Brian, in, in AIA. Yeah, and I've already seen, I think Talladega will be streaming that game. So on Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern, that game is in Talladega. So that's a beautiful new arena. So I would suggest if you're in that Talladega area, if you're within an hour's drive of Talladega, uh, I would try to get over there because that that's going to be a great game. If you live in Birmingham, you're going to have to make a decision whether you go east down I-20, go to Talladega, or go west down I-20 and go to Tuscaloosa and watch Faulkner Steelman because that's also going to be a, a very good game also. Both of them tip off at 3 o'clock on Saturday, Brian. Hey, uh, one of the things we forgot to mention is as we talk about standings in the Red River, uh, you jumped over there for a second, but uh, Xavier obviously is seven and one, have won six in a row. Uh, but but how about Paul Quinn? Paul Quinn, 11 and 0 right now, unbeaten. They're not eligible for postseason play in the Red River, but uh, off to a great start, 11 and 0. Be interesting to see how how that plays against everyone else in that Red River. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that'll be uh, interesting to see how they uh, how they stack up. Uh, you looked at any spotlight games, this upcoming schedule? 
Yeah, and, and you know, you make me think about it. I wonder if Paul Quinn will get the fan view treatment where their games will count against the other opponent standings, but will not uh, be tournament eligible. Uh, I, w- I wonder how Red River is going to play that this year. So let's, let's keep an eye out on that, Brian. Uh, well, yeah, are we gonna um, go over the entire? NA, are we gonna go over the entire NAIA? Or we, well, we we done with the men. One one other team of note, Brian, Florida Memorial, sitting in uh, third place in the Sun Conference. Also, uh, one other one that you uh, that we forgot about there, Brian. And the right, yeah. reason I brought them, yeah, reason I brought them up because they're one of our spotlight games because they'll be playing Ave Marie who's the number two team in the Sun Conference. That is Saturday at 4 o'clock Eastern time. We've already mentioned the Loyola Talladega and Faulkner Steelman game at 3 o'clock on on Saturday. I don't know if you heard that, Ryan. Yes, I did. I did. No, no, you, you didn't hear my iPad going off. Severe weather in my area. Okay. <laughs> so so. <laughs> All right, well, that's, <laughs> that's what I was like, because I'm like, wait, what, what's that? Then I realized that was my iPad going off right there. Uh, yeah, but let's, that takes care of the uh, men. Let's take care of the men side right there, Brian. Let's jump over to the women then, since you got severe weather. That's a, that's a sign that we got to get. We don't want to. We don't want you to be on your uh, be be on your electronics for too long here. Uh, I'll start you, over you know, in the back southern in the day, state. You know, you get off that telephone when you got when you got lightning outside, and don't take a bath. I, I, you know what? Does that really? Did that really matter? You know, this. I think that was one of those things that they just they just <laughs> told just us. That's like. They just told us that just so we get off the phone, you know, anyway. It's like, <laughs> close your refrigerator door. You're running up my electric bill. It's like, come on. Exactly. Really? Exactly. Anyway. Um, <laughs> in the women uh, standings in the southern states, Talladega, our, our good friends, uh, Talladega, man, they are no stranger to being at the top of the standings. Move over to a new conference and look at what they're doing. 12-3 uh, and three overall, 4-0 and oh in conference in the southern states, although they have lost – Two games in a row, still unbeaten in conference play. Uh, Stillman women sitting at six and five overall. They've won two games in a row. They're one and two in conference play. Over on the Red River side, uh, Xavier in uh, they have an East and a West division. Xavier sitting at five and four in second place. <clears throat> they haven't started playing any conference games. Yet, um, should be noted that Paul Quinn, uh, Paul Quinn women are eight and two overall. Of course, not eligible for postseason this play, but they have the they have the best record right now in terms of non conference, having won six in a row. <clears throat> um, Sun Conference Florida Memorial. Do you have their? Uh, women, how the Florida Memorial women are doing so far in the Sun Conference? They they are in second place, and on Wednesday they play the first place team. Excuse me, that will be on Thursday that they play the first team place team. That being the Southeastern Fire, that's tip off is at five thirty Eastern time. That's actually the highlight game for the NAIA that we have, Brian. Ooh, yeah, that that that's gonna be a tough one. Trying to beat that southeastern team. That team, 
they put up points and they run the floor. Um, man, that that's a tough team. They they shoot the ball really well. So uh, that's a good test for uh, Florida Memorial to see if they can uh, slow that team down. Um, any other spotlight game from the Red River or SSAC? I didn't. I didn't. I think you said none, none, none of those. They're just kind of like just general confidence. No, nobody playing a powerhouse team or anything like that. Although I do want to say, uh, give one shout out to the uh, Langston Lady Lions, Ashika Alexander, who uh, was drafted by the Minnesota Leaks, uh, did not make the team, came back using using her COVID year to come back and play basketball this year, has Langston off to an 8-3 eight, eight and three start, and they are sitting uh, technically a third place in the Sooner Athletic Conference. And we know the run that they made last year in the Sooner Athletic Conference tournament, so... Exactly. Maybe this time they'll they'll award her um, the the conference player of the year award or first team even like they should have last if, year. If not, it, it would be a conspiracy to have a player who was drafted in the WNBA not at least be first team and probably your conference player of the year if she's healthy this year. I'm just gonna put I, it out. There. I already so, thought it was. A, I already conference. thought it was. A con- yeah, I already thought it was a conspiracy, the fact that she was the damn leading scorer in the conference and you didn't have her in the first team. I mean, I I thought that was conspiracy enough, but, I mean, let's go deeper if we want. Uh, I hope that's not the case. All right. All right, let's go. Let's introduce the top five. These are the uh, our let's, top five rankings. Well, let's, let's, let's take a break before we get into the right. Do we really? Yeah. Do we need to take a break? It's yeah. almost time for the show quick to end. Let's keep going. Quick break. Oh, quick break. God. Quick break. Quick break, says Drew, so we got to take a quick break. All right, watch this ad. We'll be back in a moment. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. <laughs> I'm returning to Clemson, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the Law Office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Ryan and AD here closing out the show with the uh, the first 
BCSN top five basketball rankings. Again, these are computer generated rankings based on Drew, let the people know what are they based on? Uh, win percentage, conference win percentage, uh, strength of schedule and power rating are the major factors that go into this ranking. And Brian, I do believe we may be the first HBCU media, black college media to put a poll out this year for basketball. Wow. I haven't okay. seen any. I mean, I've, I've, I've been looking. I haven't seen any. All right. Well, hell, we'll, we'll, we need to make sure to uh, flood the uh, flood the flood the uh, social media streets with these rankings. Although I'm sure people will object, like they always do. You know, and I always got something. It's to say. A, All right, and, and, and no, the computer is not biased. Okay. Let's go. Let's start with the Division One men. Let's start with the men. Division One men's. We're doing these by order of division. So we'll do Division One, then Division Two, and then NAIA. Because of the numbers, we're able to do it this way. So as you can see, our top five the rankings consist of Norfolk State uh, with a record of now. Let me just go through the teams and their records because that's something that you'll see, which is a little bit different than what's listed. And I'll let Drew explain that here after I run down the top five. So we've got Norfolk State coming in at number one, just ahead of Southern University. Norfolk State with a six and four, Southern with a four and seven record. Texas Southern coming in at three, two and seven. Uh, South Carolina State, again, one of the best stories already of the basketball season, given where they were last year. And when I tell you, they were rated as one of the worst, I mean, bottom three to four worst teams last year. Heck of a job that's happening right now at South Carolina State. And then right behind them is Howard University at four and six. Uh, Jackson State, Maryland Eastern Shore in the hunt. So, Drew, a lot of people will see these and say, Hey, those aren't, you know, those aren't our win-loss records. Or where do you guys get those? That's not the record on the website. Records? That's not the record uh, for, on the website. Explain a little bit about what we do uh, with with the records. For the Division One teams, we do not count teams that they games that they played against a lower level, i.e., Division Two, NAIA, NCCAA, or USCAA. So th- these are just Division One versus other Division One games that go into our computer model, and and that's good because when it comes to tournament time, that's, that's how, how they I don't think yes they they don't evaluate your record against uh, you know Sisters of the Poor and 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 uh, you know Chewbacca College and whoever else they they don't they don't care about those teams they. They only want to see how you did against other Division One teams, and there are three hundred and sixty some odd schools for you to play against, right? Three hundred is it three sixteen? Uh, hold up, I no, it's more than that. Give me just a second because I should know the number. I'm going to say three, three twenty three. No, on the men's side, there are three hundred and fifty eight. Teams and okay. on the women's side, so we'll just go ahead and throw that out there. There are 356 teams. Okay, yeah. So that's the number of Division One teams. Those are the games they count. All right. 
Uh, Division One women. Division One women. Number one coming in. How about that? Tennessee State Tigers. Again, a program that I told you, winless a year ago. Winless a year ago in the OVC. Already uh, coming in at number one in our rankings. Followed up by Hampton of the Big South. Slightly ahead of Morgan State and Coppin State, two of the top teams of the MEAC. And then UAPB comes in as the top SWAC team. I'm sure that's bound to uh, draw the eyebrows of a few people uh, in the hunt. Howard, Jackson State, Alabama A&M, and Norfolk State. Uh, what are your thoughts, oh. Drew, on how the uh, Division Ones leveled out or came out? I hope Karen Griffith is still uh, watching because she mentioned Tennessee State uh, earlier on the chat on YouTube. So, Karen Griffith, there you are. Your Tennessee State Tigers are our number one team coming into the new year. It's going to play out. It's really going to be interesting to see who's going to win that MEAC Northeastern group between Morgan, Coppin, and Howard. I really want to see when those teams Go at it because uh, that that that's going to be fun once again. Seeing who's going to be the best of those three teams right there, Brian. Yeah, and I think the uh, the Miak is sticking with the. No, they're not doing the northern and southern thing this year. So no, that was just last year. Yeah, so twice. everybody you got. Yeah, everybody plays uh, each other twice. There's eight teams, so that's you know fourteen. Uh, conference game. So I, and I think that's good. So again, Morgan. And then uh, SWAC, you, you got to think that Jackson State, uh, Alabama State are going to be the, uh, when it's all said done, are going to be the top two again in the SWAC. And unfortunately, those two teams are on the east side. Hopefully, you know, if things pan out, they, they would still possibly be in the SWAC championship game. Once again, that's how it should be. All right. Let's go to the next level, Division Two men. Division Two men's level, and we start off with Fayetteville State, the Broncos, sitting at number one in our rankings, 8-5 and five record, 3-0 uh, oh in conference play, just slightly above Virginia Union at 8-3, and 2-0 and oh in conference play. Then you have Benedict, uh, Benedict men, 9-3, 6-0, from the SIC, Lincoln, PA, with a 9-4 and four record, 2-0. and oh. And then you have Miles coming in at 7-3. And, three. and uh, you know, if you, had to, if you had to finish it out in terms of a, you know, top 10, there you would see Elizabeth City State, Tuskegee, LeMoyne, Owen, uh, Winston-Salem State, and West Virginia State. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that – it'll be interesting. All, all those teams play each other. So, it'll be interesting to kind of see – you know, who separates and who flunk, you know, who moves and does what. So, um, you know, I, I have a feeling the Division Two men will pro- – I have a feeling that that will be our most fluid rankings week to week, just a guess. Yeah, just a guess. And just so people know, the numbers that you see, like, next to Fayetteville State, the 212, that's how many points they have accumulated using our uh, ranking system, just so people know what that number means. Now, how do wins and losses on the Division Two level? Do we count wins against Division Ones? Uh, do you count? No, those games. Wins? Those games do not count. Uh, 
games against Division Ones do not count on our Division Two or on the NAIA rankings when we get to the NAIA rankings. Those games do not count. Uh, but games against NAIA opponents count just as if it was a Division Two game. So the ranking is the same. Now, when they play a uh, USCAA, uh, NCCAA, and some have even played Division Three schools, Brian, th- those games, they count on the wins and loss. But when it comes to strength of schedule, those games are, quote, unquote, discounted, meaning that you don't not get the same strength of schedule rating that you would had you played a Division Two opponent or an NAIA opponent. And just for clarity, we left Division Two and NAIA at the same level because the scholarship difference between the two uh, between the two levels, it, there's only one scholarship difference between the two levels. So we left it we left it the same. All right, let's go over to Division Two women. Division Two women rankings. This uh, this is another poll that I think will be fluid throughout the course of the year. Uh, you know, even though you can't see the number one, two, three, whatever. Uh, number one is Benedict uh, with a record of 10 and four, six and0 oh, unbeaten in the SIC. Lincoln PA comes in at number two, uh, nine and three overall, two and0 oh in uh, conference play. Tuskegee comes in just under Lincoln PA at the number three spot, eight and two, three and one. Unbeaten Savannah State comes in at number four. And then you have West Virginia State out of the Mountain East coming in at number five, seven and two, three and two overall. Just in the hunt on the outside looking in, uh, Miles, Elizabeth City State, Fayetteville, Virginia State, and District of Columbia. No, but we don't talk very much about D.C. A new entrant. Yeah. All right. Any any uh, any thoughts, or we want to just kind of move on to NAIA? Well, you got number three playing number four uh, on Wednesday night, Brian. So that's going to play itself out uh, right there. Uh, number one, Benedict has already split with Tuskegee. One of those games counted. That's the one that you saw on Tus- Tuskegee's three and one. One of those four that Benedict has is to Tuskegee, but it did not count as far as conference record and let's let's keep in mind savannah state and benedict still have to play each other two times this year so so kind of interesting you only see one ciaa team up there right now brian that's a little bit unusual for uh college basketball that we only see one ciaa team uh in the hunt and looks like siac is gonna is owning it right now with miles just just outside the top five all right all right, let's go over to our last level here, which is the NAIA. And over in the men, it's the Southern States, which uh, take the top two spots with Talladega, 11-1, and one, followed up by Stillman, who are 7-1. and one. Of course, those were our uh, co-national champions last year. And so uh, this year, uh, to see them sitting at the top of the pole. As mentioned earlier, how about Paul Quinn coming in at number three, 9-0, Red River, even though Paul Quinn, um, you know, they've got that great new basketball floor, as Karen Griffin makes sure to remind us of. Uh, but Paul Quinn not eligible 
for the playoffs, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they affect standings in the Red River this year. Florida Memorial comes in at number four. Xavier of Louisiana comes in at five. In the hunt, Tougaloo, Morris, and Wiley. Something to note about Paul Quinn, Brian, five of those nine victories have been on the road. Okay. All right. Well, hey, I mean, I, I okay. <laughs> you caught me. I, I don't have. I don't have a good. I don't have a good. I know that's, that. It's, it's, no, that it's just a, no. They, they're undefeated with five of those victories being on the road, Brian. That's pre- that's a pretty good feat. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, let's go over to the women's side in the NAIA. And, uh, and this is not a duplicate. Talladega is number one. Talladega doing the, doing the thing, man. I tell you, they they do it. Uh, on the women's side, ten and three, uh, five and one in conference play. Rust, who I, I didn't get a chance to mention that in the NAIA coaches poll, Rust was uh, just outside of the top twenty five, but they are receiving votes as well as Talladega. Rust uh, receiving a few more votes than Talladega into the top twenty five, but Rust is on the verge. Uh, they can keep winning in the GCAC. We'll see what happens there. Stillman comes in at number three. Langston, the Langston Lady Lions come in at number four. And then Florida Memorial comes in at number five. Paul Quinn, uh, the Virgin Islands, Xavier, Wilberforce, and Texas College all sitting on the outside looking in. UVI, so our- school we don't mention too often. Yes, no, we we don't. We don't. Uh, be interesting to see if they become this year's Voorhees. You know, a lot of, or who will become this year's Voorhees, I should say, might be a better way of saying it. Yeah, will Voorhees be for Voorhees? Yeah, and there's that very cool court uh, that Paul Quinn has. Uh, that is that is sweet, man. That, that, uh, whew, that is nice. Home of the Quinite Nation. All right, so um, be interested to see some some games, some conference games uh, played there this upcoming year. Okay, uh, Drew, any final thoughts on uh, basketball or HBCU sports uh, as we get ready to to get out of here? No, Brian. Just looking forward to. Uh... To, to basketball season, and uh, just, just 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 one thing of note though, we got to throw this out since we're talking about it. When y'all go to these high school games, rec league games, YFCA games, be nice to those people in stripes. I ain't saying you got to go up and, and kiss them and all that, but these people out here fighting COVID, uh, doing something uh, as a service to, to these kids, they they not out there to cheat. They not out there. Every time a referee blows a whistle, they know 50% of the people going to like them, 50% of the people will not like them. But for the 50% of the people that do not like them, let's keep it respectful. Don't talk about the people's family. Don't talk about the, all that stuff. Just keep it respectful. Just keep it to the call. Let them know. You disagree with the call. You know, don't 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 talk about meeting them in the parking lot, though. Just, just got to throw that out there because I've, I've seen it as we've gotten back to fans in games. People are, people are back to a new level of ignorance towards officials. 
Yeah, hey, it's a good message that you bring up. I was working the table for a high school tournament game this past uh, holiday break, and uh, yeah, some of the the fans from the the school that we were playing, they were from Kentucky, and I love my Midwest basketball fans, but my God, were they some of the obnoxious, cussinest uh, Kentucky bourbon drinking? No, I, I don't know if they were drinking Kentucky <laughs> bourbon. Or not, but, um, but I, I tell you, you man, know, they, they should bring their own water bottles into the games now, so it's a understand. They they would they would out cuss a sailor that that's some of the and they just you know every call was a bad call against so you know but anyway um, we overcame so thankfully but I tell you man I it was a satisfying win I, you know but anyway the, yeah great message there Drew my only message and my only hope is that we have no cancellations that you know that games are able to be played better judgment prevails. And uh, I don't know if that's prayer, luck, or circumstance. I don't know how that's going to happen. Wish, but that's my wish. Uh, so hopefully we'll have uh, we'll have some games this week. Should be a good, exciting uh, basketball season coming up. We hope uh, this uh, preseason preview was helpful a little bit. Um, please share, like, you know, you know, you know that you know the drill. Uh, anything you can do to help move this forward. We appreciate your time. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on your Google or Apple Play Store. Search MyJBN or MyBCSN. And, of course, go download the BCSN Pod Zone. All of our shows are streamed on the podcast format. And it's available everywhere that you listen and download to podcasts. Uh, just search BCSN Podzone. For our producer, Roy Evans, for my man, A.D. Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Thank you for watching. Thank you for commentating. Thank you for being a part of today's show. We will see you soon. We are out of here. Peace Happy out. Happy New Year. We holla. But, you know, my, you know, my, you know, my, you know,